we are experiencing a paradigm shift. A fundamental change in the way we usually do things. We are intentionally choosing to see the silver lining. Opportunity arises. We can shine a light on the things that weren't working well, on those things that weren't really working at all. We can regroup, reevaluate, and re-engineer. It's time to explore new patterns and paradigms. Those that inspire us to rise above the chaos and explore how the conditions of today can take us to a better tomorrow. Patterns and Paradigms, the Pattern Podcast from Hudson Valley Pattern for Progress. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 12, Introducing the Board Institute, with your host, Pattern President and CEO, Jonathan Drapkin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Patterns and Paradigms. Imagine that the city of Poughkeepsie could market itself as the city that had the best schools. Well, we hope that you had a chance to listen to Geraldine Laybourne and Julie Reese describe their piece of the puzzle by focusing on early childhood education and their day one program. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your favorite one and take a moment to share an episode with a friend. This episode's bubble or trend. Hardly a week goes by without someone writing about the exodus of urban refugees to the Hudson Valley. We have talked about it before, but yesterday's New York Times featured a full page story in their real estate section entitled, Hudson Valley is in demand. So we asked, When does a bubble become a trend as we enter year two of this bubble of people searching for housing in the Hudson Valley? We are now well beyond what happened post 9-11. We think that this is a supply side issue. That is why at every level of housing, we look to increase supply in the hope of bringing new residents into the Hudson Valley with cash and ideas and other things that they could do and lowering the upward pressure on the cost of housing. For now, this one appears to be a trend. But before I pronounce it a bubble or a trend, I'm here with my partner at Pattern, Joe Chaika. And Joe, I've heard it said that you like to talk about housing. Well, It's an ugly rumor, but it's true. So what do you think, Joe? I mean, we're we're into year two of this now, like people discovering the Hudson Valley and moving up from New York City. So if I say it's a bubble and I'm wrong, well, he didn't know anything about housing. But if I say it's a trend and I'm right, he's a genius. (laughs) Well, then let's go with he's a genius. I thought the New York Times did a really good job And that's not because your report was mentioned in it, the Ulster County Housing Action Study. Housing Action Plan. It it was mentioned. And, um, you know, I've been given this actually a lot of thought, whether it's a bubble or trend. And, And I sincerely believe that it's a trend. I think that the numbers will level off, but 
I think that they will continue to rise, not at the rate that we've seen over the last 12 months. So I think that there will be continual rise of maybe six to 8%. The inventory will get a little bit tighter because we'll get a lot tighter actually. Um, and the reason I say that is because construction costs are so high, land costs are so high, the development process takes so long that I don't think the inventory will increase in this part of the Hudson Valley for quite some time, just based on the development process itself. So the numbers are going to stay high. So one of the things we've been doing in looking at the housing needs of the Hudson Valley, and for our listeners, I think we can break this down at three levels. So if you're talking about a city like Newburgh, where there is a desperate need for affordable housing for low-income people. Then there's a community like Montgomery, where you might say it's more middle-class, but still needs housing. And then you've got Beacon, where you know there are those that believe it's been completely gentrified, um, although there are parts where there is still significant poverty in Beacon that there are multiple levels of housing here, but they all seem in need of increased supply. I would agree with that. The, the three levels, if you will, of housing, each typically told a different story in the past. And right now, because inventory is so tight, I think it's a single story. But the affordable housing is based on the availability of subsidy, capital subsidy from the state and from the federal government. The workforce housing, the example you brought up in Montgomery, it's based on the wages being paid by the large employers coming into town, specifically warehouse distribution. What does that buy you? Well, it doesn't buy you the $300,000 home, but if it's shift work, it can definitely help out with some of the housing cost burden. And then on the high end, now you're looking at large subdivisions, you're looking at large homes, and you're probably not going to see anything below $450,000 in the market in the mid-Hudson. Those are going to be very difficult to develop, again, because there's, a, there's local push to stop the development. However, if you look at the development itself and the need for the development, school districts need kids, too. So I don't think it's a bad thing for these subdivisions to go through. Based on that article, one of the groups that I don't have a, a lot of sympathy for in this housing crunch is the people that looked at the housing market and said, wow, we can cash in if we sell our home. But they didn't bother to think, then what? Right. If you... If you sell your home and you say you make a hundred grand on it, what are you going to turn around and buy? <laughs> the you inventory know, I, I, is that low. I mean, look, I think it's great that for those people, let's say that had bought their house during the great recession and they finally get to recover the price of their house and help their mortgage look a little bit easier to pay each month, 
I think that's great if they maybe want to refinance rather than sell because the interest rates are so low. But if they sell, then I think I would advise them and maybe you would. You got to have a plan. You absolutely have to have a plan. You can't you can't just sell and exp, you know and hope for the best. <laughs> you got to take a look around, and what you find, you will absolutely be surprised at, shocked at, low inventory. Not as some as some realtors might say, they're slim pickings. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joe. Um, our guest today is Freddie Garcia. Freddie holds the position of regional director for diversity inclusion, and community engagement for the Northern Region for the Health Alliance of the Hudson Valley and the Mid-Hudson Regional Hospitals, both of which are members of the Westchester Medical Center's Health Network. It's important to note that Freddie is not with us in this episode in his capacity in that position. Instead, Pattern and Freddie are working on a new model to train people of color to serve on regional, not-for-profit boards of directors. Listen as Freddie and I explain what we are trying to implement. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Freddie, and thanks for joining us on Patterns and Paradigms. I ask all of my guests, how are you faring? And when did you have that moment that you knew that COVID was just not another virus? Uh, hi, Jonathan. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing fairly well. Um, you know, I think the moment for me came, I remember when uh, things were being shut down in, in end, of, end of March uh, last year. Uh, I'm in the healthcare industry. So for, for us, you know, being sent home, um, for, for some of the administrative positions, you know, that, that, that really kind of opened my eyes to things, you know, we, we're a 24 seven hour operation, um, and they really just wanted essential workers, uh, at the hospital. So that's really kind of where my, my, uh, uh, you know, kind of hit home for me, uh, at, at the moment. Um, and also when my, my wife was furloughed for, for some time, um, you know, I, I really knew things weren't as good, uh, as the, um, the optimists of the world uh, uh, took, took took it uh, during that time. So um, for me, th- those were two moments where it kind of made it really real for me. And on November 24th, and yeah. I haven't had a chance to do this with any of my guests, your family expanded. Right, right. Yeah. So we, we welcomed a, a, a beautiful uh, daughter of ours, Amalia Iman Garcia, and she uh, is three three and a half months now, uh, growing by the day, uh, getting smarter <laughs> every moment, uh, and starting to develop a personality, which is fantastic to see. Uh, there's no question there. I think, you know, as a as a as we call it, a COVID baby. There's certainly uh, some challenges that comes with that. Uh, you know, we we were at the hospital uh, in the room. Uh, we couldn't leave the room. We couldn't go out. People couldn't come and visit. Uh, but it did give us, you know, you know, the first couple of months time for us as a as a as a as a family. Uh, the three of us spend a lot of time together at home. Uh, we were able to get to know each other, go through the ups and downs. So it's been 
it's been a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we, we Now we're starting to have family come and visit and it's getting nicer out. So we go out for walks and let her see the world as, as it stands. So it's, it's been, it's been a great process. And she's going to always, you know, for the rest of her life, say I was born right, right. in the middle of, and um, well, that, you know, you know I, I know you fairly well getting to know you even better and I, uh, you know, wish you and the family health and let's uh, move on to our conversation here. So thank you. So for background, why don't we tell people a little bit about your story? Because it's very important to the subject that we want to cover today. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm originally from uh, New York City, from the Bronx. I, uh, I came up to the Hudson Valley when I uh, went to college at uh, Marist College. And, uh, you know, after four years uh, of, of being a student, uh, I applied for a job and, and started working there. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, uh, kind of kept me here. Uh, I worked uh, in different roles. So I started off in, you know, admissions. Uh, so I got a sense of recruitment, uh, you know, and, and what that all entails. I then went from there to uh, financial aid and financial services. Uh, and that opened my eyes to a lot of things, uh, you know, how, um, how, how, you know, financial aid works, uh, the struggles that families deal with in making, you know, th- their decision. Um, you know, w- w- what are the, the the different components that that supports the higher ed space in terms of, you know, the state and federal funding. Uh, I also had an opportunity to work with our, our veterans. Uh, and that was, again, eye opening as well. So I was able to kind of hone in a lot of uh, different experiences uh, from those two. And then I, I then went to uh, the president's office and my role within the president's office evolved. I was a presidential fellow. I went over to then being a special assistant to the president. And then a couple of years later, uh, overseeing uh, diversity, inclusion and community engagement, um, which uh, then led to my current role. Uh, two years ago, I was uh, tapped on the shoulder for a role uh, with Westchester Medical Health Network. Uh, Northern region uh, and overseeing uh, serving as the regional director overseeing diversity, uh, inclusion and community engagement for Dutchess, Ulster uh, and Delaware County. So that gives us, you know, sort of your baseball card. But what has got you and I working together on a project is your board service. Right, right. So So let's expand a little bit about your first opportunity to serve. And and I think I just got an email. I didn't even know. Are you on Rutgers board as well? <laughs> correct. Correct. So. All right. So let, let's tell all our listeners, because this is very important for what we're trying to do. Right. Right. So. So during my time as you know, being in the president's office uh, and, and obviously focusing on community engagement, I had the chance to really uh, interact uh, and develop relationships in the community. So. The first board uh, that I joined, um, uh, and then you know the timeline is kind of kind of blurry, but I think it was around maybe 2012, 2012, something like that, 2013. Um, and it was Catherine Street Community Center in Poughkeepsie. Um, so that was my first board. Uh, you know, I went to a breakfast. Uh, my predecessor in the president's office was on the board, and that's where the introduction came from. And Catherine um, Street, for, for people who may not know, what does it do? So it services the, the children of Poughkeepsie. Uh, it's a kind of after-school programming. They do you know, a variety of different programming for the children. Uh, we, we, we've done things on the weekends. We, we hold a, a Martin Luther King breakfast um, that really spans 
the Hudson Valley in terms of the people who attend. So it's, it's it, you know, we, 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 we've been able to really support the, the, the future um, of, of Poughkeepsie in, in many ways. Um, so that was my first board. And I really had no idea how boards worked, uh, what was the purpose of a board, uh, but it was an opportunity for me. So I definitely uh, joined. It reminded me of programs, you know, that I, you know, was involved with growing up. Um, so I, I jumped right in and, you know, over time, got was able to work with some fantastic people, Shirley Adams, a few other folks, Cora and stuff. And they really kind of started to pave the way for me. Um, you know, you know, being that, you know, I, I as a, uh, you know, serving uh, as, as as in the president's office at an institution like Marist, you know, one of the largest employers of Dutchess County um, really gave me access to things that, you know, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, and from that role, um, you know, I also was able to serve on a couple of other boards. Uh, so I joined uh, Family Services as my second board. Great experience there. I'm actually uh, the chair of Family Services now, a number of years later. So that 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 was that, definitely and Family a, Services. I'm sorry, because I always have to remember this. This is something that Family Services located in Poughkeepsie. Correct. Its mission. So we 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 provide services. Uh, all, all types of services uh, to the community um, uh, through the programs that we do, but we also are the landlords of the Family Partnership Center, uh, which is a, 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 a building full of other services, other nonprofits. You know, we believe in the one-stop shop uh, uh, scenario. So if you if you come to, to, to our Family Partnership Center and want to uh, engage, uh, obviously, in the programs that we have, whether it's after-school programs, we have uh, victim services programs. We have court services programs. So, you know, we, we, we try to cover a lot of things. And then we have our partners um, that, you know, uh, Dutch's Outreach, uh, Feeding. We have, I mean, you know, Sun River Health uh, in the building, uh, Dutch's Community College, because uh, we believe, again, if, if you come for one, you can obviously be able to use the other services in the building. Um, so, so, so that was, you know, my second board after that. Um, again, grew, grew, grew from there, served at uh, uh, the, the, the Dutchess County Regional Chamber of Commerce for, for a year or two, um, and then um, served on Rubco's board, um, uh, serving on Rubco's board now, I'm a, a year in or so. Um, and then, you know, obviously Pattern as the fellow uh, uh, board member, uh, and then for, for, you know, private board um, I was asked a couple of years ago to to, to join the Rhinebeck Bank Board, um, and that's been uh, a very eye-opening experience as well. Uh, great, great people uh, that I work with there as well. So it's, it's it's been you know full circle. It's been a, a, a crazy journey. Can't say that that uh, um, I was prepared for every uh, opportunity, but I, I welcomed it with open arms, and the people around me really uh, kind of helped me excel uh, over time. So that. It, this is what we're what you and I have been collaborating on, which is this notion that um, how do we get more people of color to have an opportunity for board service, be in the room where it happens, be able to be part of the decision making process, and because of your lived experience, it brought you to your decision that we've got to train people for this, not just throw them into the water like you were, um, which, and then from my experience serving on many boards said, you know, 
pattern has a, a committee on diversity, equity, inclusion. What a great idea if we could actually be training people of color. And then right. you and I just sort of were having one of our conversations and said, hey, we're both thinking about the same thing. So what was it that sort of got you to make the decision to say, what if we could start training people and put them in better shape when they actually set foot on that board of directors? What was that aha moment for you? Right, right. So the, 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 certainly a couple. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, you know, one big one uh, that I can think of is, you know, we tend to tap the same shoulders uh, for these opportunities as if, you know, there aren't that many, uh, you know, people of color, underrepresented minority that can, you know, participate. So, you know, my own experiences tells me, you know, um, you know, folks, because the platform that you have as a board member at these other organizations, people see you, uh, people acknowledge you, people get to know you, uh, they see what you bring to the table, and then they want to tap you in, you know, for, for that. Um, I think, you know, with what's happening, you know, across, across the country today, um, you know, boards are being a little bit more reflective, uh, open to diversifying their boards. They, they're they're kind of digging deep. What are we missing? What are we not doing right? Um, and so, you know, the idea came from my own lived experience, uh, tapped with what's happening uh, globally uh, around the topic. So, you know, it just felt like a, a right opportunity. Uh, I think, you know, right place, right time, Jonathan, where you and I had that conversation um, uh, around it. And so, you know, when I think about all those things, uh, it just felt right. Um, I think there, you know, there are certainly people uh, throughout the Hudson Valley who are doing fantastic work, um, know their craft extremely well, uh, bring a, a perspective that many may not have, who aren't, you know, who don't have the platform and the the resources to be sought out after. Um, so this is really where it comes from. I just want, you know, us to highlight the best things uh, of the Hudson Valley, which are the people. Uh, so, you know, I, I you know, the, the, the program that, that you and I are, are working on is really focused around just preparing people to do good work, uh, give them the, the opportunity, uh, the exposure that they deserve, um, and then kind of going from there. You know, for me, the aha moment was when I was thinking about all of the government boards that make decisions around um, issues that could impact housing, um, uh, segregation, so planning boards and zoning boards. And I kept thinking about the makeup of that. And I was thinking, wait a minute, there really aren't that many people of color in the very place where the decisions are made that are being raised and talked about right now. It, it, and it goes all the way back to the, um, the, the master's degree programs for regional and urban planners. Right. The, you know, I talked to the, you know, my young staff about it. There aren't very many people of color choosing to go into that profession. When they do, they tend to go to a more um, urban area where there's greater job opportunity. And yet 
that's the place where a lot of these decisions get to be made. So that's how I came at it. You came at it from um, the social services, banking, from human services, housing. And so we both said we could do better. We could do better. So, all right. So the idea here basically is, is, as, as you and I have put it together, is we want to see if we can find 10 people of color and then do what with them, Freddie? Right. So the idea here is to, to, um, to find uh, some folks to participate in what we call uh, the Board Institute. Um, and they'll go through a journey um, with us in, in preparing to, to, to volunteer for board service. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll take them through, uh, at this moment, uh, five courses um, uh, within a six-month period. Uh, the, 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 want me to get into go ahead. it? Yeah, Let, let's walk through what are you, because you, you, you've thought about this and you had yeah. this way ahead of me on this. You had five areas that you thought needed to be discussed. Right. So, so every participant will go through uh, kind of a six month um, uh, development uh, program. So uh, we'll start uh, with the first course, which is the kind of an intro to board service. Like wh- what is it and why it matters and kind of really orient them around that. Uh, the second um, uh, month will be on governance and how, how, does, how do boards work, you know, kind of knowing the, 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 the policy component, the structural components, um, then we'll, we'll, we'll land into finance because I think, you know, this is um, usually, uh, you know, boards will say, you know, th- this is what we're looking for. Someone who understands finance. Um, so we want folks to, to be able to understand the general components of it, understand when they're looking at uh, financial documents, what are we looking at, um, and, and really take a deep dive there. Uh, the, the fourth class is development. Uh, we, we know as nonprofit organizations that fundraising is important. Friend raising is also important and volunteerism. Uh, so, you know, how does how do the combination of all those things work together uh, and, and the kind of added benefits, not only to the organization, but the community uh, and, you know, kind of how, how does that all position itself? Um, the, the, the last course, um, which is kind of was was taking time to, to develop for, for sure, um, is really um, focused around teaching everyone who attends the program how to navigate uh, the boardroom as the only person of color in many cases, right? Um, Uncovering, you know, those uncomfortable conversations and feelings when you feel like you have to represent an entire race or community. Um, And how do you navigate that? How do you, um, you know, get your questions out there when you don't think you're the expert in the room? Um, and, and, and how do you build relationship with not only the board members, but the leadership team? Uh, so I think all these things are going to kind of culminate together at the end of the, the course to be able to prepare people to not only understand the concepts of being a board member, but the experience, um, you know, the tools to, to be able to help you navigate through them. So, you know, that's really what we're trying to what we're trying to do with everyone who participates in the program. And I think this is so well thought out on your part, Freddie, that, you know, as opposed to an organization saying, ah, we found someone of color, check the box. You said, no, 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 no. That person may be someone of color, but this is somebody who has a pretty good understanding about how the boardroom works. Because to a lot of people, they never get that chance. 
They right. never see what goes on inside of that board. And you're saying not only are you delivering a product that is a person of color, which matters, and it is a person of color who also understands that boardroom and the dynamics. You've had, I was keeping count, six different experiences of being in a boardroom. And, you know, I, I couldn't think of a better person, well-trained, to say, I didn't know much in the beginning, but I sure know a lot about it right now. Right. And, and so, you know, and I think and I think you're absolutely right. What, what, what we also, you know, part of the program, too, is to create a, a, a cohort of people to do it together. Right. That you, someone you can lean on and say, hey, you know, I'm kind of struggling with something. You know, you think you can help me out, which, you know, I had it from from just my own role. I had some fantastic mentors, you know, uh, you know, Dennis Murray at, at, at Maris, you know, was a, a great sounding board. For me, I had folks, you know, like my current boss, um, um, Mecca Mitchell. I, I mean, I had a, a, a plethora of, of people that I could say, hey, you know, I'm not sure. But I never had someone who looked like me, who for the first time they sat in a room, you know, felt like, you know, am I supposed to be here? I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I don't have anyone who who, who looks like me around the room. You know, those those kind of experiences are, are very different. Um, so I think you know, having a cohort of people to do that with, go through it with, be able to ask questions to, um, I think makes a huge difference because you're right. The folks that will go through this program are people who are um, already successful in what they do uh, on a on a day-to-day basis. They just may not know the, the way or how to, you know, engage in these kind of conversations. So my hope is that we, we can highlight some, some folks all the way you know, from from all across the Hudson Valley. And I think it it's it's important um, that organizations, I think we're going to start with not-for-profits, then maybe we'll get to my government folks, and then maybe Absolutely. we'll get to the, we, we've kind of been thinking about this for, you know, how this has, we're not doing this one shot. Hopefully this is a multi-year effort. And um, that first year, the mentors will be, I think your your idea is to have the speakers for each of the five subjects, they should be available to take emails or phone calls. Right. Then I think we want to have the, we were thinking of a class of about 10, was about what we thought we could manage and do a good job. We'll see what happens. Um, but that once they're placed, then once a month, the 10 of them should have some way to get together and say, hey, this happened. What should I have done? Or is there a better way of doing it? Or here's how I handled it. And and I think you're, you're you know, we're already into year two. Then the, the people who got placed become the mentors for the right. incoming class. Um, I, I think what you have put together here, Freddie, really serves you know, it's not just it, you know, using a cliched expression, it's not just talking the talk, it's walking the walk. It's saying, wait a minute, we could do better. And here's how we're going to do better. Right. Right. And it's, you know, and, and setting the example, you know, I, you know, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, I think we, we there, there are many organizations who, who, who want to do better. Um, you know, I think there are many organizations who want to 
uh, diversify their boards and just don't know how or may not, you know, understand the the nuances uh, uh, around it, um, may not have the DEI perspective uh, at the table. I think all these things limit. So hopefully this program kind of helps them along the way. You know, one thing I do want to mention, Jonathan, when we talk about the organizations is that we will we'll be, you know, asking the organizations to also play a role in this. This is not, Absolutely. you know, having, you know, the, the different people participate and put them on a board. You know, we, we want we want to set expectations of what a board should be, what a successful board should be. So, you know, we, we will, you know, ask for, for organizations to commit to the work of DEI, right? Um, you know, whether it's, you know, through a statement, through strategic planning, through, you know, uh, you know, uh, conversations, et cetera, right? So, you know, we don't want to put anyone on a board that isn't committed to this work. Um, and I think that that'll be uh, a question, at least, you know, from my perspective, that we'll ask anyone uh, or any board, any organization that wants to play a, play a role uh, in this work. Well, you know, even how Pattern got to decide that we wanted to participate with you on this is going back months ago, we formed a task force on DEI. The task force finished its work in December. It was converted into one of the few standing committees of Pattern. And this project that you and I are trying to create here is one of the first deliverables. Um, we didn't think it was enough, though. You know, statements are good that they say what your position of your organization is, but we wanted to go much deeper than that. And um, so, tell me a bit about the timeline. So, hopefully, people listening become interested. So, we're hoping to get the application out about when. So uh, th these next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be finalizing the application. Our hope is to have that out, um, you know, by, you know, sometime in April, um, you know, mid-April or so, um, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, hope, ho hopeful that people will be sharing the applications with, with people they think would, would benefit from this program uh, with, a, with a launch date of hopefully July 1st or July, I should say, not the first, but in July. Um, and again, you know, starting with about 10, 10 individuals, uh, we'll start in July, kind of go to November. So one, one course every month with some work in between, some assignments, some, some kind of real um, um, articles for, for people to really dive deep into the, the subject area. And then we'll do that all the way till, till November, do the placement in December, uh, and then they'll start hopefully board service January of 2022. You know, it 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 occurred to me, you know, because we keep um, riffing off each other saying, what else could we do? So sometime in that period, we could have the members of the class in attendance at Patterns board meetings. Ah, that'd be great. So I they like could that. actually watch and then we could debrief with them and say, did you catch what was going on or here's your... But there are so many things we could do with this that, um, you know, I think we're going to learn. That's why I think starting with a class of 10, small, not too many, because we want to make certain we, you know, that they go out in the world and they're prepared. They are prepared, not just because they're of color, but they're prepared because they understand what it means to be on a board. 
Lots of people could say, I could serve on your board. Heck, I say that all the time about boards, but I'm not qualified to serve on that board. Um, But I think what you're doing here is saying, we're going to give you tools. We're going to give you the stuff that you need. And I think this makes it very different than, honestly, I don't know of a program like this, certainly not in the Hudson Valley. Right, right. No, it's it's certainly an opportunity. And I think, you know, um, as I think as I think through everything with the program, and obviously a lot of things are still in the works. You know, really, what I'm hoping for is kind of to disrupt, um, you know, board service in the Hudson Valley in a positive way. Um, you know, we can no longer just you know seek to diversify just by saying, "Hey, Freddie, who do you know uh, that, that that would be a great board member?" Sure, that that's nice and it's great. You know, but we have to be able to identify talent, build the pipeline, um, you know, ha- have, you know, uh, kind of a, a standard way of assessing board candidacy outside of just, you know, the 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 typical, oh, this is a, a prominent person here. Uh, oh, this person is really going to contribute some dollars. I think all those things are great, but we have to be able to do it on a larger scale uh, and we have to be able to include more people in that scale. So. You know, this is what we're hoping to do. I think it's an opportunity, you know, not only for us, you know, uh, Pattern, myself, but for the Hudson Valley to really buy in. We we want to cover everything from Westchester to Ulster County. Uh, so if, you know, if people are interested, obviously feel free to reach out to myself, to Pattern. Uh, but we'll, we're, we're very excited about this opportunity. So I don't want to let the pitch go by. And I don't want you to identify an organization. But being a person of color, did you feel this pressure yourself that you were that only person in the room and that you were speaking on behalf of somehow they they people wanted you to be, well, what do all black people think? Right. And right. you're you're not that. You know, you've taught me many times, I want you to see my color. But then once you've seen my color, then I want you to accept me as someone who has something to add to the conversation. So did it ever occur to you or did it ever happen? Did you ever have that feeling that, you know, yeah, they, someone checked the box. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, I mean, I've had that um, uh, many times in, in, in my career, not only, you know, board service, but in, in general, uh, in, in a professional setting, personal setting, um, you know, and, and it, and it is, and it is tough, you know. You 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 know, we 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 go through um, you know a journey of of you know of doubt uh, when 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 we go through those kind of situations. Am I you know are they picking me because of this or because of that? Right? Um, you know, I'm not. You know, sometimes you're unclear what what is it that I'm supposed to bring to the table, <laughs> right? And and so that my my productivity level isn't as high as it should be. Um, and and so you know I think overall um, it happens more than you can possibly imagine. Um, and but but for me it's it is a little different. Uh, I'm in the space of you know DEI is what I do for my for for a living and for work. And sometimes when I talk about these things, it's like oh he's talking about it because that's what he, that's what that's his job. You know when 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 someone doesn't have this title, uh, then it does feel like oh you know. Freddie does represent this group. It's not, it's not just his work. It's because of, you know, what he looks like. 
Uh, and that's what really I want to avoid is folks who may not know anything about just because you're black doesn't mean you're a <laughs> DEI professional, <laughs> you know, it's just your lived experiences and the, the experiences of those around you. Um, and you shouldn't be speaking for an entire community. You can only speak for yourself. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, kind of give the platform for people to do that. You know, for a lot of not-for-profits, their geographic center, um, they serve a particular community. They're in Poughkeepsie, they're in Newburgh, they're in whatever. So I, I've been trying to think this through. It's going to be hard for, you know, someone who eventually gets placed in a not-for-profit in one of the urban areas of Hudson Valley. Yes, that person will be of color. But will they also, how do they balance the need to speak for the community they serve with the board they're now doing? You know, it's referred to as board service. There seems to be something we have to balance there between, you know, and, and listening, you know, because we could say, I'm sure that there are people on boards that are not listening. They do not hear what the needs of their community are. And yet right. boards, for all the reasons you have outlined, governance, finance, uh, fundraising, there are responsibilities. This is not going to be easy for some people. It, 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 it won't. <laughs> it won't be easy. Um, you know, I, you know, in, in terms of your, your, your first uh, uh, comment, you know, it, it's not to speak for a community, but to advocate for a community. Um, and being able to to sometimes be a part of a community allows you to do that, allows you to maybe get some some um, kind of feedback <laughs> that 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 folks may not be able to get uh, on their own. So it's really bridging, you know, the community with the organization. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, and we can and, you know, you do that so, in so many different ways. Um, so that's one. The, the, the second thing, it, it is um, it is a lot of pressure uh, uh, for folks. Um, you know, and whether whether the organ so as an example, right? I, I live in Poughkeepsie. Whether the organization is from Poughkeepsie, Westchester, Kingston, you know, uh, Sullivan County, et cetera, you know, it's really kind of focusing on the mission, uh, focusing on you know what is it that um, the organization needs from you, from your skills, from what you bring to the table. And then everything else will fall into place. And it's allowing them to see that we have to think things through from a different lens. And that's, I think, what, what we bring to the table as well. It's just a very different perspective. So let's, let, let, let me end with this, and then I'll let you close with however you want to frame it. Um, as the CEO of Pattern, we've run a, a mid-career training program. You've gone through it called the Pattern Fellows Program. 15 years, probably 350 people have gone through that program. Um, the staff is currently working really hard on the community rebuilders program, taking people that have an idea how to make their community better and bring it to fruition. Part of the appeal for me is that this issue of diversity, board diversity, is something that a lot of people are talking about, but you've taken this to a whole different level, which is, I get that boards should be diverse, 
But I want people that are diverse that understand also what is the role of being on that board and that this is pretty powerful stuff. Um, so anything else you want to add about the program or, you know? No, I mean, uh, it, it's exciting. Um, you know, I hope, you know, folks who listen, uh, you know, are, are, can, sh- can share the passion that I have for this work. Um, you know, we, we, we hope to, to engage, um, again, as I said, people from across Hudson Valley, if people want to reach out to me directly, um, you know, to pattern, you know, they, 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 they have a thought, uh, they want to get involved. They want to have a conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm open to all of it. Um, and, and, and really want to empower, um, you know, our organizations and our communities, um, um, to, to do better. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of talk around, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think that's fantastic. Um, but, you know, we, we can't continue to talk. We got we to gotta show, we got to have some action, actionable steps that, that we can kind of follow through with. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, this will be one of them uh, for some of the organizations that are listening today. So, uh, Jonathan, again, thanks for the platform, the support, uh, you know, your, your, your guidance and, and, and your, uh, your experiences, because I think all of it uh, will, will, will come together to, to deliver uh, an institute that we can all be proud of. Because uh, because this, this this belongs to the communities. This is not you know Freddie and 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 Jonathan's thing. This is our community thing. So so I'm hopeful that that it'll be something we can all be proud of. Uh, Freddie, thank you so much for your time. I wish you, your wife, your new daughter, nothing but health in a period where we've gone through such you know such a difficult time. But you know maybe. You're an example of someone who can come out of this with tangible, a new daughter, that's pretty tangible. <laughs> um, but but programmatically, the work that you do, this is important. And so um, thanks for being with us this afternoon. And we wish you success. Thanks, Jonathan. Same to you. Thank you for tuning in to Patterns and Paradigms, the Pattern Podcast. For more information about this episode, visit our website, patternforprogress.org forward slash podcast.